here at Locked On Podcast Network. Today, as always, your host, Evan Sider, and my co host, Burning Clean. You can follow me on Twitter at East Sider. You can follow Burn on Twitter at Burning Clean 14. You can go so far our Locked On Suns page of NRA at Locked On PHX Suns. Your support over there is very much appreciated, as always. We're joining us today live from Talkstars Arena, as we do for every single home game this year for Phoenix Suns. And the Suns came out on top again today, 128 to 112 is the final score of the Atlanta Hawks. The Suns are now 7 4 on the season. Their best start in a very long time, Brian. Did you just know, if for anyone that's listening out there, they got their seventh win 35 days after this last year. So that goes to show you just how improved this team is so far this year. But let's talk about tonight's game, Brandon, 128 to 112. Your overall thoughts of this game were, again, they kind of showed against the team. Like This kind of reminded me of the Grizzlies game earlier this year where a really bad team take take care of business, win by double digits, and they did that tonight again. Yeah, and similar to the Grizzlies game too in that it started a little bit sloppy, just kind of lackadaisical effort on both sides, just kind of a a weird game where no one really felt like they wanted to take charge of things. And obviously the Suns ended up doing so really late in that second quarter and then uh, Denver really looked back. A little blip in the fourth quarter where Trey checked back in and was able to get them back within 10, 12 points. But really from then on, they it never was close. And that says a lot because, you know, we've said it. I'm sure we talked about it after that Memphis game. We've talked about it a couple times with other wins too where uh, the fact that they even were able to come back and win the game, whereas in past seasons, even last year, it would they would have rolled over, you know. And it's not like the Hawks took a big lead and the Suns fought back, but those games where it was just sluggish at the beginning, those were trademark 2018-19 Suns games that they would just fall apart in, and, and they're not doing that. So, you know, there's obviously reasons for it. It, it. it maybe is simple to just say, oh, they fought hard, but when they haven't done that, it, it is an easy thing to point to a lot of nights. Yeah, they were down actually 19-10, to and I think midway through their first quarter in this game, they came back and obviously won by an authoritative fashion just – we said this almost every game so far, Brian. They have their own response to a run when they want to do so. So I feel like that's a trait that's really underrated for good teams. Just whenever a team makes a run, you can always count on the Suns, unlike the last three or four years where they're going to make a run guaranteed every time back. Yeah, and I think you know the other thing that I think is a trademark of good teams, teams that are legit, as we've been wondering if this team is for forever now. I, mean, I don't think we have to ask that question anymore, but I think one of the reasons for that is they beat good teams like you said at the top of the show like this is a team they should beat and they beat them and they did it pretty handily and didn't really let it get close so that's what you have to do a a lesser team at home you should beat them by 16 and and so we're seeing that happen the other similarity between that December 17th 27 or 2018 victory which was the Suns seventh of the year uh, and this one is a Kelly Oubre played a large part in it and uh, coincidental there, but I think uh, very much nice to see a bounce back for him after a rough one against LA. Yeah, let's start with our free throws here, as we usually do for each each of our recap shows. And the first one could be for obvious reasons. Kelly Abrey Jr. thirty points, seven rebounds. He also had two steals in this one. Ten of eighteen from the field, eight of ten from the free throw line. Just a very efficient night for Ubre. That's a continued trend for him this year. Outside of really the response from Tuesday when he had one point, the worst game of his son's career, really his NBA career, I'd imagine. And then responding in this kind of manner with 30 points and getting spoon-fed easy looks from Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker throughout the game. I just think it was an emphasis to get Kelly going, and Kelly really responded. Yeah, um, you left out the one of the numbers that I think is is even more impressive, which is three assists for him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, three's not anything crazy, but for a guy who we have questioned his uh, playmaking ability at times, he had that going. Uh, in that third quarter where he really put it on, uh, he had a, a dish to Dario for a three that 
that was nice to see uh, him kind of get others involved too. But yeah, he, he came out of practice yesterday and said, you know, that's not going to happen again. That's not the kind of player I am. I, I'm going to bounce back and answered the call today. Um, he just knows how to put on. I, 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 if you had told me he, I mean, obviously they lost. I don't think he would have wanted them to lose. But if you had told me he intentionally played poorly on Tuesday so that he could impress people even more on Thursday, I would, uh, I would kind of believe you because that's just the kind of, uh, the kind of guy that he is, where he he knows kind of how to pick his spots in that way. And he did this several times last year to uh, energize the crowd, be be a big part of unexpected wins. And uh, he was, I mean, he was the, the clear leading scorer tonight. I took the most shots, led that third quarter run to put the game away, got to the free throw line, did a little bit of everything. Like, this was his game, not Devin Booker's, which is rare to say about anybody on this team. Yeah, absolutely. And let me ask you this before you go to your first free throw, just about Uber, because talk about off the air before you started here. Just this wasn't <laughs> what we saw with Uber in Washington through his first couple years of his career, just how aggressive he is and just the mentality he has now. What do you think just switched with him? Do you think it was just going to a new team, becoming one of the – the older statesman, so to say, even though he's only 23, be 24, I think, next month, where it's kind of, I'm going to be a number, like, it's really a true secondary option in this team where I'm not going to be, like, forgotten in Washington. What do you think it is that, just that switch, that flip for Kelly, not only last year, but now this year? Yeah, it's interesting. I think one of the, the just crazy parts of of his performance this year, like, we've talked about how statistically and kind of impact-wise, like, he has kept it going, but he's doing it so much differently. Um, putting more pressure on the basket, not relying on shooting luck, uh, you know, making kind of unsustainable, taking a ton of shots. You know, only 18. There were a lot of nights last year. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I'm sure he took 20-something yeah. shots on several occasions last year and still rarely scored as many as 30 points. So I think just the way he's doing it, you have to come back to coaching as often as we do on this show. I think that it's uh, it's him. Uh, changing the way he plays and it's the teammates uh, you know Rubio especially I think having that impact but uh, my first or yeah I guess my first free throw uh, a carryover from from Tuesday's game Dario Saric who Monty Williams said after the game uh, you know he's he's kind of been in a dialogue with about how to get him involved how to get Dario comfortable it was a guy that we saw struggle at a lot of times early in the year even though they were winning games and over the past few, he's turned it on, and not only making open shots, which obviously helps, but uh, just a more aggressive version of, of himself, and it just feels like he is starting to kind of fit into what this offense ultimately is going to look like. Yeah, he's averaging 17 points, six rebounds, three assists the last three games while shooting plus 50% from three, so he's definitely doing well in the last three games, and really, if you take out the first two games, Bernie's shooting really well from the outside throughout the season, plus 40%. Just what's been your thoughts on not only tonight with Dario, but it just seems like throughout the year that he's really starting to get more comfortable in this system. And it feels like a system, like we've been saying, like throughout for everyone, like Ricky Rubio, the new arrival, Tyler Johnson as well, he fits in the system. Frank Kaminsky, Cam Johnson, just everyone on this roster, especially Dario, fits in the Monty system pretty well. Yeah, I think one of the things that you notice about Dario, uh, and we, you know, he's not necessarily a veteran in the way Aaron Baines is, who's in his 30s, but it's uh, obviously a player who's been around and been in multiple different systems, whether that's Philadelphia Minnesota or the various teams he's played on overseas, uh, I think you see a lot of the time, you know, we've seen some possessions in this for this team where uh, they overpass and people are maybe nervous to end the possession. They, they know that they want to get the ball moving and sometimes players will pass up open shots. It doesn't really feel like he does that. I think that's been the thing I've noticed from him 
in the past couple games is just the confidence to, to say, okay, I'm open and I know I can take this. I know I can make this. And he has. And so, you know, he probably won't score 23 points on 12 shot attempts every night, but just that, uh, that extra layer of comfort, I think is really showing up for him. My second free throw to get through mine is Devin Booker, who had 27 points, seven assists. He had a steal tonight, plus three in the plus minus category, eight of 16 from the field. So another very efficient night for Devin Booker. You had an interesting comment. I believe you asked him in the locker room just about how important it is when you see a guy like Kelly go for 30 tonight, Duro 23, Kaminsky 19, Cam Johnson 15, just how important it is for these guys to step when they need to and really take the pressure off of Booker. And he gave you a really interesting answer in the locker room about that. Yeah, I mean, he said what I think we're all thinking as we watched them build out this roster and then seeing the way they've played is just physically it takes a lot off of him. And that was that was where his, his mind went when I asked him that, and I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Like the game, the way he's doing this, similar to what I was saying about Kelly, looks just drastically different than we've ever seen him. You know, probably the last time he looked like this was Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I think that obviously uh, – just exponentially less of a beating every night and so I imagine that that's going to keep him fresh that's what he said too it's it's important not just for tonight but over the course of 82 games yeah I think just another one of those brilliant games from Booker tonight and nonchalant just 27 and 7 didn't realize seven turnovers yeah yeah I didn't even that is surprising yeah he got those two stolen from him in the third quarter I guess those are the two that I noticed but that's interesting yeah not to take away he obviously had a great game but that is surprising to note. Yeah, it really is. And you just uh, a nonchalant 27-7 and seven for Booker, and it just goes to show you on, on most nights he's going to be pretty darn good for the Suns team. But let me toss your way to wrap up this segment here, Brun. Yeah, quick last free throw here. Uh, just another bounce-back consecutive games now for, for Frank Kaminsky. Hit his first three of the night again, and I think that maybe that'll be a bellwether for him to, to kind of see what kind of night he's going to have because, you know, I think it's fair to say he struggled with the confidence to take those shots, and uh, tonight took five threes, got to the line a little bit. A pretty standard Kaminsky performance from what we've grown to expect from him on, on strong nights. And so he was a plus 29, led on the floor for several big runs because Aaron Bain struggled with foul trouble, so they needed him to, to do that, similar to kind of what we saw against the Jazz where Baines was in foul trouble and he stepped in. So... Uh, they need this. He's probably been the the biggest indicator of what kind of night they're going to have. And when he plays like this, I think they're just hard to beat because he's like the fourth option on this team. If he can score 19 for you, you're going to be in a good spot. Yeah, I'm glad you brought Baines there because he had a really bad night tonight, three points, 18 minutes, and he really filled the Baines role. Kaminsky did pretty perfectly for his 30 minutes, scoring 19 points and three of five from three, six and nine from the field. So a really good night for Frank Kaminsky. But before we dive into our negatives from tonight's game, not too much to really go over from that to Pern. But before we do so, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor today's show, which is MyBookie. Use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at MyBookie.ag, where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. Use promo code Locked On and MyBookie will match 50% off your first deposit. Again, that's promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. All right, Brent, I'll toss you your way again here first for your first negative from tonight's game, your flagrant foul. Yeah, I mean, it, not to to take the one you hinted at, but I think it has to be uh, Aaron Baines. Uh, I just didn't have his usual level of impact tonight, and a little bit of a, another matchup that, that he's going to struggle in, I think that you can look at it on paper and kind of see it. Um, Damian Jones 
is more of a rim runner, similar to JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. Uh, we saw, if anyone remembers all 18 months ago or whatever it was now, Dwight, or not Dwight, DeAndre Ayton got it taken to him by Damian Jones in like his second NBA game. Yeah. Uh, so, he, I mean, he's just a guy where the athleticism can pose an issue. Jones struggled with foul trouble on his own, but uh, whether it was that or just an off night for Baines, uh, just, you know, not his best. What do you think from from Baines' perspective here? Uh, one of five, zero oh of three from three. The first time I think in any game this year, Baines has not made a three yet. Do you feel like Baines maybe his offense right now is too dependent on the three? I know, I mean that's kind of what his role is in this offense, but on, uh, maybe this is the first time we've seen tonight where if Baines' offense isn't going from the three, it's going to be a, a difficult night for him. Yeah, well, I mean, he, I, I think the difference between him and Kaminsky uh, offensively is that Baines can't really take advantage of those mismatches. So he's not going to create in the post if they try to switch on him and, and things like that. He's very, like you said, dependent on um, other players. Maybe not so much the three, I, I, at least in my opinion, but uh, more so other players to create for him. And he's more of a finisher, whether that is from three or uh, the other thing I was going to note, which is the pick and roll. And the other guy that I think would, would probably be our other flagrant foul here, not having him at his best, I think, affected Baines, and, and that's Ricky Rubio. I, not to put, put no, yours no, for who, you, but I think that's who it is. No, that's who mine was going to be with Baines and Rubio. And we like to talk about in the first segment, I believe, just having this night where Rubio gets you six points, Baines three points, you still win by almost 20 points. That's just super impressive to me, yeah. the way they went about doing that. But Ricky Rubio tonight, two of nine from the field, oh, two from three. He had eight assists in this one. He also had three turnovers. That's not a really good assist turnover ratio from what we're used to seeing from Rubio. Six points I can mention there. A really quiet night for him. And on a night where they didn't really need much from Rubio, he was kind of just a table setter for most guys. But I think it was a just a, from what we've seen before, just an off night from Rubio. Yeah, and I think the one, honestly, above and beyond the offense with him, because, you know, as much as the offense has been nice the past two, 20 and 10 for both of those, didn't obviously get anywhere near that today. Uh, I think the defense is where I would point to with some of the, the problems for him tonight, which was just allowing Trey Young to have his way. Um, only 7 of 18, but Young got off to a really hot start, getting those lobs over the top of the defense. Um, maybe there's not really much Rubio can do there, but I think a little more physicality uh, against Trey it, it would have been nice to see and maybe would have prevented the Hawks from setting there, getting established with those uh, alley-oops early. But... Again, like still eight assists, only three turnovers. Like he he had the playmaking going, but I think we've come to expect the defense and a little more scoring. Let me ask you this before we go on here to our stat to watch, just to close out this segment here. I I feel like we've seen that two matches in a row. I know they won handily in the second half of this game, really the last three and a half quarters. But Damian Jones, Trey Young, these athletic guards, athletic bigs. Maybe that's until at least DeAndre Ayton's back. Even Monty Williams admitted to us post game that. These types of games where you see Atlanta get 60 points in the paint, the Lakers 70, we kind of miss D.A. down there because of his athletic ability and just his spacing. But what do you think? Just Maybe this is kind of the chink in the, the Suns' defensive armors. If you have an athletic team, you might have your way a little bit. Yeah, it kind of felt like Monty was admitting to that a little bit, that you know he addressed the 7-1 elephant in the room, which is DeAndre Ayton, or the elephant that's not in the room for these games. And... Uh, that's what we're all thinking. We're all watching these guys do this and thinking, well, if, if we had Aiton in the middle, uh, that wouldn't be happening. Um, so I think that 
that's just going to be the reality for them. Uh, I think that they can do a little more as far as helping from the corner, helping from the, the weak side with some of that stuff. Um, I think they did a little bit better of that. He, he loves to use the word scrap money, and so he said he felt like they had a little more of that in the second half from their wings and, and other players. But, yeah, I think I agree with you that it's just when they play teams that are able to do this to them, uh, that this is what's going to happen. Lloyd Pierce, the Hawks coach before the game, said that he tries to watch every game before prior games that they've played against teams before each matchup and it was almost impossible to take anything from what they did last year to what they did wanted to do this year um, because Baines and Rubio were such a big part of things then he said there were a little a few things he wanted to try I think that was one of them so we'll have to see if other coaches borrow from that but uh, before we move on to our last segment look at a couple numbers here that define the game Uh, A reminder about our other sponsor of today's show, which is Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial as well as one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free when you enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA at audible.com. Again, that's audible.com slash LOCKEDONNBA. Alrighty here, let's go on to a couple numbers from tonight's game that uh, sort of defined things. Um, the one I, I didn't define things because the Suns obviously walked away with the W. But twenty turnovers is is a number. Wow. I mean, we're not used to seeing that. And I, you know, I pointed out book seven for Booker. I think that's uh, obviously a a key part of that, a problem for them. But I don't think it's necessarily anything to worry about. But impressive, nevertheless, that they were able to walk away with the win despite throwing the ball around. Yeah, 32 assists to 20 turnovers, really not the assist turnover ratio we've been used to the first 11 games of the season. And it, it is really impressive, again, just tonight where they did this with Baines and Rubio really struggling. <coughs> then as well, you see just de- <coughs> defensively overall, they're struggling as far as that aspect goes. Then the playmaking on turnovers, they're kind of struggling still. Even still, all these things going wrong for the Suns tonight, individually and team aspect, they still won by this amount of points. So I think just a an authoritative statement from this team to still go out and win by this much, even with 20 turnovers here. So that's a good say, Bravda, because it, even even still to do that, I think is really impressive. Yeah, I mean it it is, and um, you know I think the other reason it's interesting is just the Hawks are not a team that you should be afraid of defensively. So I think on the other hand, if they if they play with as many mistakes as that against a better team, I think the result will be a lot different. So and I think there are still things to watch for as far as just being careful. They've talked all week because of the Lakers game and how they lost that one late about making every possession matter. And obviously turnovers are a great example of that. But what's your uh, stat to watch here? Yeah, mine actually, before I was going to do it, we had actually our notes delivered to us while we were recording here from the Suns PR department. And a really intriguing one popped up here. And 15 of 39 from the 3 tonight, 38.5%. But this is the first time in Suns history, Burn, that the Suns have had made at least 15 threes in three straight games. So just an entirely identity shift with this team under Monty Williams where you're, you're shooting the, the ball 35, 40 times per game from, for three, 39 times tonight, 15 of 39, 38.5% from the field. But 15 is my big number as far as makes tonight. But you see the last three games, 15, 19, 16, they're putting the ball up at record rates right now for this team. Yeah, I'm sure James Jones saw that and did a, a chef's kiss. His his plan coming together there of, of just stockpiling. It's just such a a not an easy way because these guys have to be comfortable and confident and, and effective from three. But it's a it's a nice 
fail safe when things aren't going your way, when you are turning the ball over, when these guys are dunking over the top of you, to, to know that if we can generate some open threes, we're going to be able to stay in this game most nights. Um, so the combination of the passing and the, the shooting on the floor, I think, is really working for them. Um, it also, I mean, it's crazy to think that too because of how much the game has changed. You would have sworn that during the seven seconds or less era, at some point they would have done that. I think it just shows that teams just weren't taking 39. So it took a lot more of effectiveness, efficiency to, to make 15 of them when you're only taking 20 rather than taking 40. So that's kind of uh, impressive to see too that this team would be the one to do that. Let me just toss in just another bonus real quick. It's not really a stat to watch, but once again, the Suns offense very closely in the 50-40-90. If I can be saying it's an awful lot as far as shooting splits go this year for this team. 48.2% from the field overall, 385 from three, 81.6 from the free throw line, but 31 of 38 from the free throw line in that sense. So a lot of attempts for the Suns in this one. At this point through 11 games, Brandon, this feels like this offense and the system on both ends, especially the offense that Monty Williams really doctored up for this, for this team. It's really working, and I think it's going to maintain at this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's really crazy to, to see those numbers considering the guys on the floor. Um, you know, there there's enough offensive talent on this team to to be good. I expected them to be, you know, above league average here offensively, but considering especially that, that Tyler Johnson hasn't really contributed much, uh, that they're even in the ballpark there is just insane, honestly, to me. So... Um, the free throw too, uh, that just the free throw attempts that you kind of made note of. Another thing where it's like you look up and down who is on this team and you would never think they'd, they'd attempt 38 free throws. These are a bunch of guys who are, are really not known for their athleticism or their finishing or their uh, driving game. And then somehow they're cobbling together six from this guy, eight from this guy, four from this guy. And every night they're above 30 free throw attempts. Let me ask you just before we close the show, because this is kind of going into that one point we were talking about here, the free throw attempts. I've noticed over the last three games, I just want to get your thoughts on this, because I imagine we'll talk about it later in the week on an off day. But uh, I feel like the Suns are now with the way they're playing on both ends and they're winning records so far, seven and four after tonight. I think they're actually starting to get respect from the refs now. You see tonight they once again win the free throw about 38-30 to 30 against the Hawks. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's something I've been thinking about too. Um, you notice it especially. One of the things that Monty talked a little bit about in his post-game press conference was um, the foul, foul drawing on the offensive – or on opposing offenses when they are playing defense, being able to draw those charges – um, that it is a, a part of their game plan. I know people on Twitter hate Aaron Baines right now for the way that he does that, but the reality is, first of all, that Baines is, is operating within the rule book and drew two flagrant fouls, kind of BS flagrant fouls on Cam Reddish. But it's not just him. It's it's Rubio. It's I, Even Booker has gotten in front of a few guys this year. So I think that's one of the ways that they're doing it of um, – demonstrating to the referees that they're not just being cheap about it and not uh, losing the control, that they're actually game planning and trying to operate within the rule book. But it is something to continue to watch because it was f- way far on the other end, and it's starting to even out a little bit. Anything else you want to cover, Brennan, before we wrap tonight's show up? No, three off days. I'm sure that'll be nice for them. Uh, 
because Boston's going to be a test. Yes, Should will. be a fun one. Yeah, it will be. Monday night at, at Tuxers Arena, the Boston Celtics, the best record in the NBA, are coming to town. So another big test for the Suns team. But 128-112 to was the final score of tonight's game. The Suns are 7-4 in the season. Per Suns PR, again, one more note for you guys. This is the best start to the Suns season in 10 years. They were 9-2 in 2009-2010. That's the best start since then. So We weren't crazy to compare this season to that one with, with Bloomer. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to the West Finals, but... It feels that way. Yeah, it, it's certainly a hot start to the season, and one I hope, hopefully, Suns fans hope can continue throughout the season here. But again, Evan Saturday, you can follow me on Twitter at eSaturday, and you can follow my host Brennan on Twitter at BrennanClean14. Also, follow our Locked On Suns Twitter page as well if you haven't already at Locked On PHX Suns. Thanks again, guys, for listening in. We'll be back to you guys tomorrow for next episode.